We are uh, nearing the end of the Sermon on the Mount here in the next couple of weeks. We'll be wrapping it up and just a lot of stuff we've been talking about. And um, as, we, as we've been looking at this, the, the main, really, if we could extract maybe one of the main points of the whole thing that we, you know, the takeaway, you and I, the takeaway would be that the, 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 the things that Jesus are teaching in, this, in, in the Sermon on the Mount are things that are not to be lived out externally, but things that are be, to be lived out internally. Meaning that our hearts are changed. The, the, kind of the essence of his teaching was you've got to, you have to supersede the righteousness of the Pharisees. The Pharisees were all about the external, right? They were all about keeping the law. They were all about the, you know, this is the do's and don'ts. And as we talked about throughout this series, in, in one aspect, it's a lot easier if we have a list that says, okay, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and we kind of check it off. Well, I haven't murdered, I haven't done this, I haven't done that, I haven't done, you know, these things right here. I have not done those things. I've done this, I've done that. It goes back to, which we'll talk about for a few moments here, uh, in, here in a minute, but the rich young ruler, remember his question? What do I need to do to inherit the you know, eternal life? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? What is it that I need to do so I can check that off? Well, you need to obey, you need to do all these, you know, you need to keep all these commandments. Great, I've done that. Well, there's one more thing. Sell everything you have, give it to the poor and follow me. Can't do that. It's one of the, I think one of the saddest passages in the scripture where he walks away kind of defeated. We don't know that if he ever re-altered his life where he came and, you know, committed his life to Christ. But that's a message that as a human, as, as we're sitting here this morning in the 21st century, that's a very hard thing. It's very hard. It's easy to say, I have not murdered someone. Remember when we talk about, you know, kind of our righteousness? It's easy to say, well, I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't committed adultery. I don't really lie. I don't really cheat. I really, uh, you know, I respect my father and mother and all these things. But then when Jesus takes it to that next step, it says, but if you've even given, even had angry thoughts and words towards someone, that's the same as murdering. How many of you think that's easy? I mean, that's where it really hits home. So the point of what, what, what kind of, the, like I said, one of the big takeaways of this whole series is it's not about the external, it's about the internal. And only until we have Jesus Christ living inside of us where we've surrendered to his rulership, then we can start making some headway. And so I hope that, uh, again, that we all have embraced that, we all understand that, we all struggle with it, but we all understand that, um, that it's through the power of the resurrection, the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, uh, to live these principles out and to become more like Christ. Today we're going to take a look at the golden rule. How many of you have heard of the golden rule? What's the golden rule? Absolutely. We know that, right? Cognitively, another one. Check. We've got that one, right? Check. You know, but uh, let's, we're going to take a look at it. And, and I'll be honest with you, as we prepare, preparing for this message, it's like, how do you teach on this? Because it's pretty forward, right? Hey, do unto others what you want them to do unto you. Ah, we got that, right? Well, that's where we want to stop and kind of think about it for a second and just kind of spend some time looking at this. Let's look at that passage of Scripture in the NIV translation. And it says this, so in everything you do, <clears throat> so in, let's, let's, I'm going to be very careful that we don't just brush through it fastly, or fast. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this, sum, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Okay? And it goes on to say, 
This next slide. In the message translation, I love how Eugene Peterson articulates it. He says this. Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. I love the way he words it. I mean, you know, in the NIV it says, so everything you do, you know, da-da-da-da. Here's a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask, ask yourself, what do you want people to do for you, and then take the initiative and do it. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? That's pretty straightforward. Do take that initiative. And I think the key word here is initiative. You take the initiative. It's easy for us to sit back and say, well, I expect, you know, this is what I expect people will do to me, you know, and da-da-da-da-da. Whereas this is saying, do it. Don't just sit back. Take the initiative. You know, you know, so let's think about this for a second. You see someone that's homeless. Well, we need to go back to the church and we need to gather everybody around and have about 14 committee meetings, discuss it and kind of push forward and do all this. Other. Hey, here's a thought. If it, what, would you want, what would you have someone to do for you in that position? If the Holy Spirit's moving you, grab that, take the initiative and do it. Can you imagine what it would be like if the church was mobilized to just do what we know to do? Bam! Done. Done. We're not talking about it. It's done. Some of you, some of you, pardon me, man, my cold is really, I've got hit hard with the cold. Uh, but some of you, it's really cool, and it's, it's interesting how the stories kind of seep out. Some of, some of you sitting in here this morning, get this. I hear stories where someone said, man, this person did this, this, and this for me, just out of the clear blue. And I'm like, wow, that's powerful. And I'm like, how come they didn't share that with us? And I get it to the point where, you know, you kind of want to keep it on the DL a little bit. But on the flip side, it's so encouraging to hear that because the body's doing exactly what it's called to do. People in here that are maturing in Jesus Christ, people in here that embrace this, instead of giving it lip service, they, they grab it and they take the initiative and they do it. Because I think in their minds, they would think deep down, it's like, what would I have someone do for me? If I was in this person's situation, how would I feel? What would I want someone to do for me? And they grab the initiative and they do it. That's what Jesus is teaching here. Because, as I just shared with you before, it's so easy to talk about the external. It's so easy to write it on the walls. In fact, this whole, this whole title, The Golden Rule, it's very interesting when you do a little study on that. Because um, this, this concept of the golden rule... Um, originated about 200 years after Jesus' ministry with the Roman emperor Alexander. He wasn't a Christian, but he really resonated with this. And, you know, how could you not? I mean, this is a great principle, is it not? You don't have to be a Christian to look at this and say, you know what, I could get behind this. I want people to treat me like I would treat them, right? Or how I would treat myself or how I want to be treated. That's how I want other people to treat me. So even as a non-Christian, Alexander uh, took this and he inscribed it on his walls of his house. I mean, he inscribed it everywhere. He was so moved by this truth that he inscribed it on the walls of his house. Now the point that we want to look at, it's much easier to inscribe these words of Christ on the external things of our lives, right? On the external versus the internal. That's when it becomes... That's when the rubber meets the road, right? 
That's, when, that's where the tension lies. The tension lies is when we read these great things and, we, and, and then allowing them to be, become reality within our lives. So let's take a look at this. Let's take it the first one. It's called the simple rule of love. What is so striking about the golden rule is, is the powerful of the simplicity of it. How powerful it is in the simplicity of it. It's not really complex, is it? I mean, it's, it's, it's very simple. When we read this, it's very simple. We sit, I mean, it's like we don't have to do a huge exegesis on this. We don't have to tear this apart. We don't have to go back and look at a ton of context. We don't have to take a look at a lot of stuff. But the simplicity of it, even the youngest kid can get this, right? I mean, kids can get this. And hopefully we can get it too because it's, it's very simple, but yet it's extremely profound. And when Jesus was sharing this, he was saying that this is what the law and the prophets all hang on. Jesus is saying this is what it's about. Love God, love others. That's the essence and the core of this faith that we pursue. Guys, have you ever stopped? I know this sounds kind of a silly question, but let me just ask this. Have you ever stopped and just reflected? If you're a Christian, you're sitting in here this morning and you're a Christian. You've accepted the free gift of grace and salvation and mercy of God through the blood and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You would say, I am one of his children. Do you realize what that means is that you're saying, I, as I look at Jesus Christ, I see his way, and I'm buying into this way. I am a Christian. I have thought through these things. I'm thinking this through. I've thought this through. And according to, what, I mean, according to my beliefs here and my faith, I'm accepting this way of Jesus Christ. And now I am a Christian. I am saying I believe in this way. I am following after Jesus. I am one of his children. I am one of his followers. Which means when we start taking a look at his teachings, then we have to embrace them and say, are these being implemented in my life? Is this a reality in my life? Because I no longer believe these other things. I believe that the teachings of Jesus Christ is the correct way. So when Jesus, as he goes through this whole Sermon on the Mount, I'm embracing these things. And when we get to this passage where we look at it, and it's a simple rule of love, we look at it and we see that it's all about loving God and loving others. Do you remember Jesus talking about this? Do you remember Jesus saying those are the two greatest commandments? Love God Love others. Period. Book shot, right? I get that that's hard. But as a Christian, that's what we've been called to. As a follower of Jesus Christ, that's what you have been called to. Is to love God with everything that you have. Every single thing you have. Whether it's possessions, whether it's your mental ability, your physical ability, your emotional ability. Every aspect of your being, you are instructed to love God with everything that you have. Love God with everything that you have and to love others. I wish we wouldn't have that and sometimes, right? Because let's be honest, sometimes it's a little bit easier loving God. And if we could stop there, the loving other part can get us. Because the other part, this person over here has betrayed me. This person over here has talked about me. This person over here has murdered me with words. This person over here has done things, done things to me that, that, they, that they don't deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve grace. They don't deserve mercy. And that's where we get hung up because 
as we've been talking about through this whole Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is calling us to embrace these things internally and to demonstrate these principles out within our lives. So let's talk about this for a minute. I'm going to get off my notes. I know, off my off the PowerPoint, but I just I, I want to go I want to go this direction, and I just want to I, I just want to have a conversation with you. I just want to have a conversation with you because I'm human. I'm one of you. I struggle with these things too, but I want us to take a look at this as a family of believers, and I want us to really think about this for a second, okay? Because as I look at this, don't even try to follow me, okay? You guys, yes, them, no, okay? So if I jump around, don't worry about it, Jacob. Don't Don't even worry about it. There you go. I just want to talk about this for a second, because as we were sitting, talk, you know, sitting in, in my office talking about this week, you know, I've, I've been very challenged with this before. Love others as I love myself. Some of us may love being very direct with people, whereas others don't. So what does that mean? Well, that's how I like to be. You know, that's how I am, so I'm going to do the same thing to you. I don't mind if someone's, you know, and I really kind of, I disagree with this, but I think some people say, well, I don't mind if people's rude to me and talk to me however they want to. They're real forward with me or whatever, and they don't really care about my feelings. I'm not so sure that's true. Well, I don't really like to be valued. I don't care to be valued. It's not about being valued. I don't agree. I'm sorry. I don't agree with that. I just don't. I don't think that's how we were created. In God's image, I don't think we were created that way where we can say this whole concept about being valued, I really don't care to be valued. I think the reason why you don't care to be valued or you don't care to be some of these other things is because you've been hurt in the past, so you build up these walls, and it's easier to say, well, I don't need this because I'm going to sit behind my wall because I've been hurt, and I'm not going to be transparent. I'm not going to be vulnerable to anybody. So therefore, that's how I want to be treated because that's how I treat myself. I, think, I, I don't think that's... I think you're off. I think it's off. I don't think that's biblical. And you could disagree with that, but I, just, I, don't, I do not think that's biblical at all. Let's think about this for a second. Let's go back. Just take a look. I'm going to turn my notes off for now. Let's go back. Turn with me, if you would, into Matthew for a minute. Go back to Matthew chapter 5, where he starts the Sermon on the Mount. And let's take a look at, let's jump over for just time's sake and, and, and convenience. And let's take a look at the first heading there in verse 21. What's it say in your, what's it say in your Bible? What's it say? Personal relationships. Does anyone else have anything different? Verse 21, 5. What do you got? Murder. I got anger, murder. Because what Jesus is saying is like, don't murder. Okay, we got that. But then he goes on to say that if you've, if you talk really harshly to someone with your words and things, that's considered murder. And the way we taught that was just that way. We taught that it's easy for us to murder people with our words, in our hearts, in the recesses of our hearts. It's easy to murder someone. Can I ask you guys a question? Does anybody sitting in here, if you would be very transparent with me this morning, is there anybody in here that enjoys someone talking harshly to them? Does anybody enjoy when someone looks at them in displeasure or disgust? 
Anyone? Does anyone enjoy when someone kind of rolls their eyes kind of off to the side because you've disgusted them with either your mere presence or some, you know, something? Or, or, or their, I mean, does anybody enjoy that? I don't. I don't either. And I think that's exactly where this golden rule comes in at, that it says, as Christ followers, we're not going to do that kind of stuff to other people. That's not who we're going to be. I get that we're human, guys. Let's put that to the side. Let's put the big disclaimer to the side, the elephant in the room. I understand that every one of us are humans in here, okay? I understand that. But I also understand that Jesus is calling us to a different standard. And that's why we're here to talk about that. I really don't want to sit and talk about the lowest common denominator, which some of us, we enjoy going there. But, 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 we have big buts, right? But, but, but. No, that's not what Jesus is calling us. And maybe as we come together in an assembly like this, where we come in and we begin to encourage one another, we begin to come in into the, into the community of each other, and we say, we're on this journey together. And we strive to help people along on this journey. We've got hurting people in here because in the world or even in their families or even from some, maybe some of the others in our family here, they've, they've received harsh words. They've received murder from someone and they're hurt and they're broken. God's called us. Jesus has called us to a vastly different lifestyle. Treat others like you would want to be treated. Treat others like you would want to be treated. Love others the same way Christ loves you. You know, when you look at the life of Christ, can you remember an instance? Now, I'm going to throw this one out real quick because I think sometimes we have a misinterpretation of what it meant where he overturned the tables at the temple. Okay, Remember when he showed, we would say he got mad? Let's be very clear. The reason why he got mad was because the people there were extorting the people that didn't have money, okay? It wasn't about this thing where people say, well, we can't exchange money in church. We can't have like a rummage sale or a bake sale or something like that because that's what the Bible teaches. The reason why he got so upset is because people had to travel so far to come and make a sacrifice. So a lot of times they couldn't bring their sacrifice with them, okay? It just made sense. So they would purchase their sacrifice at the temple, And the reason why Jesus got so mad is because the people that were selling the sacrifices were extorting the people that were coming in with that particular need. And a lot of these people didn't have a lot of money, and they couldn't even buy even a sacrifice at a very very economical or cheap way. They were literally robbing God of worship and their worship across the board. Jesus got angry at that. Let me ask you another... No, with that to the side, let me ask... Can you think of another time where Jesus really just was angry with people? Where he used harsh words? I mean, I get, it to, I, I get that when he talked to the Pharisees, he was very direct. I understand that. But when you look at Jesus' life and you read throughout the New Testament the way Jesus went about conducting himself, he was full of love and mercy and grace. He didn't condone sin. He didn't condone bad behavior. He didn't condone sinful behavior by any means. But the people that were really broken and acknowledged their brokenness, he was extremely compassionate with. He was very compassionate with people. I mean, he didn't didn't have these harsh words. As we model our lives after Jesus, this golden rule comes into effect even more where we look at it and we say, 
I've got to be careful the words I choose to use. I need to be very careful how I conduct myself with other individuals because that's not how I would want someone to conduct themselves with me. Does that make sense? I get that this is very basic and elementary, but guys, let's be honest, a lot of times the basic and elementary stuff escapes us. We need to be reminded again and again what we've been called to. And, and, and you know, it's all about this. Let me ask you this. You know, when it comes to... When it comes to lust and committing adultery, is there anybody in here who would say, I, you know, it wouldn't bother me if someone committed adultery with my wife or my husband? I mean, would you, I, I doubt someone would say that. Or even look at someone else like that. Like Jesus said, even if you look at someone else in that capacity, you're committing the crime, you're committing the sin. You know, are we that type of people? You know, I, So therefore, as we start looking at this, if we can look at this and embrace this through the lenses of other people too, that's not, that's not how I would want someone to treat me. So why would I do that to someone else's wife or their husband or you know whatever it may be? I, I, I mean, go down the list. Divorce, oaths. How many of us enjoy being lied to? How many of us sitting in here this morning would say, I, I really enjoy being lied to? I love it when people lie to me. None of it, we don't like that. Why would we do it to somebody else? And why would we even tell half-truths? Why would we even insinuate to get out of a situation? Why would we even insinuate something that's not the truth? You know what I'm saying? The truth is the truth, right? And anything but the truth is not the truth. We wouldn't, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want that from you. I, therefore, I need to be very conscientious about doing that to you. And as we go down to retaliation, retaliation, all of these things. I mean, we can just go through the whole Sermon on the Mount looking at these things and saying, is that how I would want to be treated? I often find myself looking at these passages of Scripture uh, throughout the Sermon on the Mount and saying, is that how... I would want God to treat me. Somehow it's easy for us to kind of divorce, I think, divorce our thinking between, you know, well, I, you know, God's God, Jesus is Jesus, God's God, and, and I get that, um, but I can do these other things, but I would never want God to do that to me. How, you, know, you see what I'm saying? When we really stop and just start thinking through all these things, as we conduct ourselves with one another, as we conduct ourselves in the world, as we take on the name of Christian, and we, we're, when we say that we're a Christian, we're representing God into this world. So when people look at us, they're saying, well, that must be how God is. That must be how the, the Christians are, because this is the way they... We're representing this thing of Christianity, of Christians. And so when we go into the world, is that how, you know, what is it that we're showing the world? What is it that we are truly showing the world? Are we different people? Are we striving for a higher standard? Are we a people that says, you know what? There's no way that I'm going to judge you. You know why? Because I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be judged. I'll tell you why I don't want to be judged. is because I know that I'm human and I know that I'm going to fall from time to time. I know that I'm not perfect. And I know that because of that, I'm going to rely upon the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ on a daily basis. So why would I turn to another person, another human, 
and think that that person should be judged by me. As, we, as you go through, as we have gone through the Sermon on the Mount, are there things in there? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to just arrest and captivate your thinking in your heart and to think, do I do these things? Have you put yourself in that vulnerable position before the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit, do, do I exhibit these things? Do I demonstrate these things? This, the golden rule here says that, you know, as we looked at this, it says that I am going uh, to treat other individuals like I would want to be treated. I know, like I said, there are some of us in here this morning, you know, hands down, there are people sitting in here this morning that you've embraced this teaching, man. You've embraced the Sermon on the Mount. It's been something real to you. It's been something that's been uh, convicting to you for years. I mean, if, where you live in it, where you live in the tension of it, of living it out, reading it and understanding it, but actually living it out, actually saying this is the way of life that, I'm, that I've been called to and that I'm agreeing to, that I'm saying, yes, this, according to my beliefs, this is what it means to be a Christian. There are some of us in here this morning we don't put ourselves in that vulnerable position because we somehow we kind of know that the Holy Spirit's going to start kind of illuminating things. You know what I'm talking about. Where you put yourself in that position, you open yourself up to God, and the Holy Spirit begins to kind of bring in those like bubbles from a cartoon thing where it's like blip, and you're like, oh man, I don't want to see that. I've had these blips when, you know, becoming a parent. I don't know about you, but I'm telling you what, parenthood is a blip, you know. Man, the way you interact with your kids, it's like blip, 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 blip. And you're just like, man, am I really like that? And that's where you get back to the cross again. You say, God, forgive me. Forgive me because I'm not treating my kids, I'm not treating my spouse, I'm not treating my friends, I'm not treating this person in the church, I'm not treating this person at work, I'm not treating what, whoever it is, I'm not treating them like I would truly like to be treated. I'm sabotaging the whole thing. And that's where you go back to the cross saying, God, would you please forgive me? Would you please just give me your grace and mercy once again and just, just give me forgiveness. Just allow me to receive your forgiveness and help me to grow through the power of your Holy Spirit. Help me to continue to grow in the image of Jesus Christ so that I can bring you glory through, through my relationships and through my conduct and through who, who, I, who I am, the essence of who I am. Like I said, you know, I kind of derailed off my notes here this morning because the more I thought about this message, the more it was just like, like I said, it, it, it's, it's extremely simple, isn't it? In one aspect, it's extremely simple. Treat others like you would want to be treated. That's extremely simple. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Treat others like you would be, would you would like to be treated. But man, when that rubber starts meeting the road and you start living in the tension of that, that's when the potentially the wheels start coming off, right? So we're gonna, I'm gonna say a word of prayer here as the, as the worship team comes back. I just want to close this with a word of prayer, but I want to, I want to invite you into that prayer as well. In the past, we've been in the recent past. Well, I've been asking you guys to come and pray. I want to. I want to do that again this morning. If you guys, if there are things within your life, whereas we talk about this golden rule, as we talk about this Sermon on the Mount, and we look at this and we see, I, I, I'm struggling with some of these things. I want to just give you an opportunity to come, if you would. I just want to pray over us again. 
Um, if, you don't, if you just want to stay in your seat, that's fine. If there are some that says, you know what, i got some things I'd want to pray about. Uh, please come forward. I just want to have a, a word of prayer as, as a family as we engage in this, that, that these teachings would not be external, but they would be written on the internal parts of our beings. That we would literally be transformed. You, guys, that's what salvation means. I hope we understand that. Salvation literally means it's not something that's happened in the past. It's not something that's, that's part of history. Salvation is something that, as Paul says, we're working it out in fear and trembling. We're, we're living this out. As, you know, we're living it out, our salvation, we're continuing to live it out. We're growing more into the image of, hopefully we're growing more into the image of Christ where he continues to kind of chisel away the oldness, that old human nature, you know, just continuing to chisel it away so that we can become more like him. And these things are written on the internal recesses of our hearts. Jesus also said what? What's on the inside is going to come out, right? What's in the heart is going to come out. We've been talking about that through this series as well, where we say the, the external is always going to be influenced by the internal. Whatever's on the inside is going to come out. It's going to change that around us. I pray that you would be a person that is so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that as God chisels you that oldness away, that what comes out is this fruit of God's Spirit. Love, patience, gentleness, kindness, joy, all of these things that instead of like a toxic verbal vomit or this toxic stuff that may come out and just ooze, instead of that, the sweet Spirit of God comes and flows out of you. That's what God wants to do for each and every one of us sitting here this morning. If you have something you want to come and pray, would you please just uh, come? I'd ask all of you to stand with me. But if you want to come and pray, would you please come and stand here? And and, uh, I'm going to lead us into a word of prayer. and (coughs) Just pray over us. Asking God's blessings and power to just be uh, in and with us. Let's bow our heads. Father, I give you thanks that we could come into your presence through the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Through his blood, through his resurrection, through the power of the cross, we can come into your presence. And Father, as we've talked about this conduct of behavior today, this... this um, living it out we know how difficult it can be at times we know that at times it's so easy to revert back to that old humanness but we know that you want to change that that you want to eradicate that that you want to just continue continually make us more into the image of your son jesus christ so that we are individuals that breathe salt we breathe and exude light we ooze out the fruit of you, of your spirit living inside of us. And Father, I pray for everyone in here today. I pray for those that have come. And Father, whatever's on our hearts, you know exactly what each and every one of us are dealing with in here this morning. You know our attitudes, whether we're rejecting this message that you want us to hear or that we are embracing it. We know You know that where we may be distracted right now because, because this message might come and hit more at home where your spirit is wanting to make 
changes within our lives. I pray that through your spirit right now that you would just minister to each and every one of us. I pray that instead of your spirit finding resistance, that he would find a welcoming sensitivity and receptiveness to make changes within our hearts and our lives. Father, we want to glorify you. We want to be, we want to, we want to uh, show the fruit of your spirit. So I pray that you would just continually help us to, to look after you and to allow these words to be inscribed on the internal recesses of our hearts. Father, that you would have freedom to come and clean out anything that doesn't belong there. I also pray that as we hear these words, Father, that it might be driven to action to go to people and ask for forgiveness, to go to others to ask for restitution and reconciliation because we have not been doing this the right way. So I pray again for your spirit to just guide and direct us and help us to respond in the manner that you want us to respond in. And I pray all this in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.